Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast and our post-debate reaction with Bill Crystal and Bill. Wow, this this the thrilla in Manila. This was a real throwdown. This wasn't a debate; it was a fight. It was, and it was a fight in which Marco Rubio, especially though also Ted Cruz, took it to Donald Trump. Uh, there's a lot of debate among people sympathetic to Rubio, both private and public, and on Twitter and online, but also phone calls and private counsel. Should Rubio really go after Trump? And there are a lot of people in the Rubio camp who were saying, no, that would be unwise. His real competition now is with Cruz. Uh, he can take on Trump later. He's got to get Cruz out of the race. I strongly disagreed with that as someone who's anti-Trump and, and sympathetic to Rubio. thought he really had to go after Trump, partly to, to bring up some issues, but mostly because Trump has so dominated the race that he's the alpha dog. The others, when, 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 when Cruz and Rubio fight, it looks like the two little puppies, you know, right. squabbling over in the corner. And that is not the way it looked tonight. I mean, Rubio and Cruz uh, went after Trump and held their own with Trump. They also argued a little bit themselves, but actually the, the core dynamic was, I think, an elevating of Rubio and Cruz uh, and some uh, diminishing of Trump. Yeah, I was actually more focused on the diminishing of Trump part. I mean, I, you know, I like Dr. Ben Carson. I think you've been more favorable to him in the past than I have been. But it's been clear that he has not been prepared for some of the debates. He just didn't have answers. And tonight, D Donald Trump made Ben Carson look well-informed and prepared. He couldn't answer questions about his health care plan. He just couldn't do he, 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 as as, uh, as Rubio nailed him on, he just went back to repeating the same platitudes over and over and over again. He looked like a guy who didn't know who, what he, who was at, who was in over his head. Or at least was awfully confident he's gotten away with murder, really, by classic kind of, by traditional standards in terms of not having serious answers on policy. But Trump's been doing great for six, seven months, and everyone's decided the rules of the game have totally changed, and Trump gets away with it, and he does get away with it, he has gotten away with it, and for we know, we may continue to. And so, but tonight, maybe not. You know, tonight, maybe the, the getting away with it ended Rubio really called him on Obamacare, a very important topic for the country and certainly for Republican voters. Uh, and it turns out Trump has no idea what he would replace Obamacare with, not even the outlines of a plan, let alone the, the kind of detailed knowledge that actually Rubio and Cruz and Kasich do have on that issue. So I thought that was very important when Rubio uh, prosecuted the case on Obamacare. Cruz jumped in, too, as I recall. And then Rubio really brought it home when Trump just kept saying over and over again that uh, – was it we were going to do away with the lines between the states or whatever, <laughs> and uh, and you know Cruz started ridiculing that, and Trump started repeating it. Yeah, the mockery was a very powerful tool, I I thought, but I guess I guess it's something as, as a, I live in flyover country. I my my father wasn't a mailman; he was a TV repairman. When Donald Trump kept casually saying, "I can't release my tax returns. I'm being audited," yeah. I, I, where I the people I live with, people get audited a lot. Are people that you wonder if you should, you know, let them watch your wallet for you while you get up and go to the restroom? I, is this a good thing for Donald Trump to be playing the "I'm audited"? No, by the way, I'm also being sued for fraud, but don't worry about it. It's only a civil case, and I could settle it any time I wanted. I, I didn't seem like the world's smartest marketing to me. No, I think that's important, and he was on the defensive on those things because, of course, other people raised them, uh, um, and and again went after him on that. I mean, Romney had raised the tax issue before. 
Um, I think on three different aspects of his biography, which I've always thought was a big vulnerability for Trump, uh, you have the policy stuff, people kind of deep down figure, look, they're all higher competent policy advisors. If they're on the conservative side of the ledger, they'll end up with similar proposals, and you can get away with fudging or not being an expert on policy issues. But, you know, your life is your life. It's who you are, and it shows something. And I thought... I agree on the tax return issue. I think people have, you know, are curious. I mean, his Donald Trump just keeps boasting about what a super rich guy he is, and his excuse for not releasing the returns that they're being audited. So you can't release them. Well, what does one thing have to do with another? If they're honest, the, I mean, you know what I mean. It doesn't. If I see them, it doesn't affect the IRS's uh, inspection of them. Uh, I thought the Trump University exchange was very important. That's always been one of the most squirrely and apparently just kind of almost a scam type thing that Trump's been involved in. Wherever you think of some of his other businesses, the buildings are there, the golf courses are there. There's a you know, reality to it. This was this online university, I guess, or kind of, I think it was basically online, where people were induced to pay a fair amount of money for courses, and then it all turned out to be pretty worthless and, and went under, and people didn't get their money back, and there were a million suits. Um, and it just seems to have been not something that happened not to work, but something that was almost a scam from the beginning. Um, we've done a little on the Weekly Standard. Others have written more about it. Um, uh, and that, I thought, Rubio did a good job of raising as an issue. It's one of those things I think that won't go away, and people will look back at this debate and say, well, maybe that's that's a window into Trump. That, and that's also it's one thing to sort of, you know, I don't know, take advantage of other rich people in some deal. But this is taking advantage of struggling working class people, people trying to make the, help themselves up the ladder a little bit, uh, paying five, eight, ten thousand dollars for some courses online that they are, they're told will help them get into a new line of work or improve them in their profession, and then the money just uh, goes into Donald Trump's pocket. That is also the name, right? Trump right. University. It's a little hard to kind of <laughs> to walk away from that. So on both of those issues, and then the fact that he did use these uh, illegal immigrants from Poland and had to pay a settlement on that, that was a long time ago. I think that people probably discount a little more because, you know, that's uh, everyone who has a huge business probably ends up, you know, he didn't personally hire them, et cetera. So I'm not sure that one really hit as much as the as the other two. But I agree with you. Tax returns and Trump University are now both out there as issues. The media can investigate them. Trump can get asked about them. People who were involved in Trump University can get interviewed. People who were victimized can get interviewed. So I think those two are sort of what affected this debate is to leave the issues of Trump University and Trump's tax returns on the table. And Ted Cruz made a point that is not made nearly often enough, which is think about November and about the idea that your audited civil suit guy you know, who has, right. can't answer these basic questions about his own policies will be in a debate, theoretically, with Hillary Clinton. And I, I thought Ted Cruz did a really good job of bringing that home. What's interesting is I don't know how good a job he did of making the case that he's the guy who could prosecute the case be, better than anyone else. That, that's my question is, is this a case where he, kind of like Chris Christie, he landed blows on Trump, but did he help himself? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I mean, he's a good debater, and so if you think ahead, so you might say, well, I'd like to have Ted Cruz on the stage with Hillary Clinton. On the other hand, uh, objectively right now, at least, uh, Rubio and Kasich tend to do better in the matchup polls, and there you can sort of see a little more easily how they would be 
perhaps more attractive to some swing voters and some independent voters. Honestly, I, there's, it's interesting. I was on Twitter during the debate, and a lot of you know, there's a lot of there were some moments of some silliness, a lot of crosstalk and sniping, and there's a certain amount of censoriousness from some people, some liberal academics, as though this is a very bad debate, and ooh, they're not listening to Wolf Blitzer and so <laughs> forth. I thought it was a very good debate in the sense that it actually they engaged. You learned a lot from about them. You learned about their positions on some key issues. You learned about their biographies to some degree. But I watched that debate and at the end of it. I, I thought to myself, you know, I think they have different virtues and different uh, limitations. They have different weaknesses uh, and different strengths. But I think Rubio, Cruz, and Kasich would win in November. Uh, I, I would be comfortable with any of those three uh, on the stage against Hillary Clinton. They have different kind of qualities that make them good or bad debaters. I have my preference among the, preferences among the three of them. Um, but I, I think all three of them are professional, uh, you know, competent, don't get rattled, uh, and, you know, a bit sound on most of the key issues from a conservative point of view, uh, and would do a pretty good job against Hillary Clinton. But here's the question, will they get a chance, or is it too late to, and I've, uh, several people have commented to me uh, in my Twitter feed, where was this taking on of Trump a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, right. when you could you know, b slow him down. Now the Trump train is going so fast. And you look uh, across the southeast where I am in Super Tuesday, uh, where we have polls out with Donald Trump in the 40s in Georgia and Alabama. He's on the verge of taking all 50 delegates, which be a, which be a huge blow to the rest of the field. Uh, you know, he's uh, competitive in Texas. And then you have disastrous polls after that in Florida. Uh, you know, a one it, it can tonight open and cause enough questions enough rethinking or is this or cake already baked bill yeah i don't think it's too late but i think it's later than it needed to have been and, and it's risky now uh now we'll see how much effect this debate has we'll see maybe the well you know how things uh, uh fall out on tuesday that's quite important does trump win overwhelmingly or does he just win a, you know a decent victory maybe get half the Delegates, uh, Cruz and Rubio each get another, you know, get a quarter, and then I think they live to fight through to March 8th and March 15th, especially the winner take all states. Or does Cruz, does Trump just romp with, you know, three right. quarters of the delegates, in which case it gets very hard, both psychologically and, and actually in terms of delegate leads begin to, the delegate leads begin to, to add up. I do think that if, if uh, Trump ends up as a nominee, the calculation by Cruz to be very nice to Trump for about six months, and the calculation by the Rubio camp that their fight was with Cruz and with all the others and not with Trump, an understandable calculation was they were being attacked by Bush and to some degree by the others, and they sort of felt they had to fight back and sort of dispose of them first. But the combination of those two things meant Trump was not under attack from anyone except Jeb Bush. And really with Jeb Bush, it was from the Bush campaign and from Bush personally on the debate stage, but not from Bush's massive super PAC, which spent very little attacking uh, Trump and a huge amount attacking Rubio. So there's plenty of blame to spread around to all the other candidates and their super PACs uh, for letting Trump build up this massive lead. And we all, you know, underestimated him and thought it might just fall of its own weight. And it didn't. But I, that they have now learned that lesson. And it will be very, I think it's very, just as his lead was unpredictable and it's it's staying up there, uh, it's, it's imperviousness apparently to sort of mistakes or things that would doom other candidates was unpredictable. I'm not so sure it's so easy to predict that, well, just because he has had this lead, he's going to keep on having it. And, and I, I think debate, tonight's debate really could be a turning point. Well, we will see, and we'll be watching these uh, numbers and, of course, updating the results here on future Weekly Standard Podcast. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Michael.
You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.